0: Please open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to read two verses from the New Living Translation. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 from the New Living Translation. The title of my message this afternoon is called, Rooted and Established in Christ. So if you are taking notes, at the top of your notes, you can write, Rooted and Established in Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Paul, writing to the church in Colossa, among other things, he says to them, And now, just as you have accepted Christ Jesus, As your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. I want to read that again so that we capture the spirit in which Paul is writing. As I have mentioned to you before, two things the Lord laid on my heart at the end of last year for our 2021 vision. What do we want to accomplish as a ministry team here at Alpha and Omega Ministries? and also within our local fellowship. The two things that the Lord laid on my heart was the knowledge of God's Word, that is to improve and to increase the level of knowledge that you have of the Word of God, and the second thing was to raise the level of prayer, both private prayer as well as corporate prayer. And so, that is what we will be doing throughout the year. As you've noticed, most of my teachings, if not all, are encouraging you to go deeper and deeper into the studying and the, the, the how can I put it? Acquiring a deeper knowledge of God's Word. So, if I were to write a letter to the church today for the purpose of encouragement as well as direction, I would say exactly what Paul wrote so long ago to the Colossians. Notice what he says to them. Let your roots grow down in Christ and build your lives on Him so that your faith will grow strong. Let your roots grow grow down in Christ and build your lives on Him that is Christ so that your faith will grow strong. If there was ever a time in which these very words have become so very relevant, it is today. Growing strong in faith is no longer an option for the believer. Gone were the days in which you can just ride along, coast along, without any real effort in trusting God for your survival. The days that we are currently living in, as you can all witness, are days of great stress and trouble. And as Paul said to Timothy, in the last days, he said to him, we will face perilous times Hard to deal with, and hard to be, and hard to bear. Indeed, these are the days that we are currently living in. They difficult times. They perilous times. They are days of adversity. And this is the time where many will be tested and tried, both within the church as well as without the church. Many are losing their jobs, their businesses, their livelihood. Unemployment is on the rise to levels never seen before. We were uh, listening to the news the other day. Our unemployment in South Africa has reached the level of 42.6%. Never seen it before so high. Everything around us is being shaken. This pandemic has brought the entire world on its knees. People who were secure in their environment, secure in their businesses, secure in their employment, are now faced with unforeseen challenges as the rug is being pulled out from under their feet. This alone brings great stress and fear on a person and unless one has developed his faith to the extent where he is able to tap into the grace of God, he will dry up and wither away. Many needs will also surface, both in the Church and in the community we are part of, and this, I believe, will severely test the hearts of those who are able to help and do something About the plight that many are facing. Some will close their eyes and the ears to the cry of the poor and walk away, while others, I believe, will roll up their sleeves and engage these challenges with faith and love in their hearts. And what we need to do, I believe, as a community of believers, is to tap into the abundant supply of God's grace and release from the grace of God and the presence of God supernatural provision, supernatural encouragement and hope not just for ourselves but for the many who are going through these severe challenges in our day. But in order to do that we will need to develop a strong spiritual root system by which we tap into God's abundant grace. The Word of God declares that God's grace is sufficient for us in every and any situation and circumstance we find ourselves in. But the secret is knowing how to tap into That supernatural and abundant grace of God. I am reminded of one of God's promises to those who have faithfully walked with the Lord and have prepared themselves for such days through their faithful giving. You know, you don't just wake up one morning and become part of this promise. We need to prepare ourselves beforehand. And so, this promise that I'm often reminded of is 2 Corinthians, is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 and 9. This is one of my favorite verses in the scriptures. Listen to what it says. I'm reading from the New King James version 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 and 9. And God is able. To make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever." You need to put your name in that verse. This is the way I read that verse. This is the way I confess it and declare it. And my God is able to make all grace abound toward me, that I, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work, as it is written. I have dispersed abroad, I have given to the poor, my righteousness endures forever. In our study today, we will take a look at those who have developed through time and discipline a strong spiritual root system and thus have prepared themselves for such challenging and difficult days. I want you to turn with me, please, to Jeremiah chapter 17 and we're going to read two verses, verse 7 and verse 8, from the New King James Version. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and verse 8. These portions of Scripture speak about the person who has remained under the curse and the person who has transitioned from the curse into the blessing. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes." but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Here we see two kinds of people. Those who trust in man and in what man can do, and those whose trust and confidence is in the Lord. It is evident that those who trust in the arm of the flesh, the Word of God says, will remain under a curse. In fact, Scripture says they will not see good when it comes. The person, though, who trusts in the Lord is blessed at all times, even in drought and dry places. He does not depend on favorable conditions or favorable circumstances for survival or sustenance. He continues to flourish. He continues to bear fruit in drought, in harsh conditions, and in dry places. What a place to be. It is a blessed place. The Bible compares the man who trusts in the Lord, notice, like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. The outcome and the quality of this man's life is something to behold. He has a strong spiritual root system and that's what we want to talk about today. Developing a strong spiritual root system that penetrates all manner of harshness or drought, and taps into the life of Christ within, bringing life, refreshing to his entire existence. Isaiah also says that the people who trust in the Lord are like a watered garden and like a spring of waters that waters do not fail. What a picture of those who trust in the Lord. It's a blessed picture. Imagine a tree in the midst of a desert place, blossoming, maintaining its vitality and bearing fruit in every season, regardless of the harshness of the climate that it finds itself in. The Word of the Lord says that those whose trust is in the Lord Not in man, not in what man can do. They shall not be anxious or fearful in the year of famine, in the year of drought, in the year of fear, because they have developed a life of intimacy with the Lord and they know how to tap into the life of God at all times. Well, that is a blessed picture. That is what every believer ought to be like, planted by the rivers of water and bearing its fruit even in an old age, even in harsh and difficult and challenging days of adversity such as the days that we are living in today. So looking at the state of the church, it is clear to me that the measure of grace and faith in many believers is no longer sufficient to cope with the challenges of life that we are facing today. Many are being overwhelmed, swallowed up by these challenges, and many have fallen prey to depression, to discouragement, and even hopelessness. And this is the result, I believe. Of many months, perhaps even years of neglect, when it comes to spiritual disciplines such as prayer, fasting, Bible reading, studying, and meditating the Word. They have neglected the spiritual disciplines that encourage and enable them to tap into the life of God. Paul the Apostle, as I've mentioned, He warned us through his writings that in the last days, he said, understand this, Timothy, that perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear, will come upon us. The times, indeed, that we are currently living in are getting more and more difficult. The days are getting darker and darker. Things are getting harder both spiritually as well as financially. Therefore, the greatest need of us as believers, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, in these last days, in this present hour, is to develop a life of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We need to learn how to tap into the life of God for spiritual, for emotional, and financial sustenance and provision. Nowhere else is safe. Nothing is secure or permanent in this ever-changing world, because God is shaking, according to the Scriptures, the entire world is being shaken with all of its systems, and all of its structures. Listen to what the Lord says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 26 through to 29. He has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, As of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. God is offering us, the church, the believer. In the midst of a world that is being shaken, an unshakable kingdom that remains forever, encouraging us to throw roots into the rivers of supply of that very kingdom. This is an invitation from God. Throw roots in my kingdom. Throw roots deep that are so deep, that can penetrate, that can go through any circumstance, any physical manifestation, and tap into the life of Christ that is within every single believer. You see, look at the tree, for example. The life of the tree is in its roots. They are hidden deep in the ground. You cannot see them but they carry nutrients and vitamins to the entire tree. The trees, which have deep and strong roots, are able to sustain the vitality even in the most harsh and hostile conditions. The life of the Christian, the Bible says, is also hidden, not in the ground, but in Christ. Look at verse Look at Colossians chapter 3, I think it's verse 3, Colossians chapter 3 says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life, my life, is hidden with Christ in God. Believers who are intimately connected to the Lord Jesus are able to triumph and overcome in any hostile and adverse circumstance. And what we desperately need, folks, is not more things. We don't need more money. You may think you do, but you don't really. We don't need better conditions. But what we desperately need is more of God's presence. We need more of God. God has so much more for us than what we already have of Him. And I want us to hear and understand the cry of the Spirit here. What we really need, forget about anything else and everything else, What we really need is more and more of God's presence in our lives. The question is, do we want more of Him? Or are we satisfied with what we presently have of Him? Good question, isn't it? I believe many believers within the house of God today are satisfied with what they have of God. They believe that's all there is. But there is so much more that God wants to give us. Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Who's they? The ones that are hungry and thirsty for the things of God, for the presence of God, for the things of the Spirit that have eternal value. When we lose our appetite for God and the things of the Spirit, our root system, please hear me, our root system dries up, and it begins to affect every area of our life. We begin to easily give in to our flesh. We give in to our carnal desires, focusing more and more on the things this world has to offer rather than on the things that have eternal value. How does one develop a strong root system? I'm going to share that with you now in a moment. How do we develop, how do we grow such a strong root system that we've been talking about? I believe that the way we develop a life of intimacy with the Lord is by obtaining and maintaining a renewed mind or a spiritual mind through prayer and the diligent study of the Word of God. That is just as simple as I can put it. We develop a life of intimacy or we develop a strong root system, spiritually speaking, by obtaining and maintaining a spiritual mind through prayer, consistent prayer life, and the diligent study of the Word of God. Psalm chapter 1 shows us the way. Let's look at Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man... Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. What a promise. What a promise from God. Whatever you do will prosper if, if you do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, of sinners. You don't adopt the same mannerisms, the same values that the world has adopted but you delight and you spend your time delighting in the Word of God, meditating in the Word, and renewing your mind with the things of God and the things of the Spirit, having the thoughts of God as you release and deny your own thoughts. Then it says you will be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water and you will bring forth fruit in its season. Your leaf, your joy will not wither. You will always be joyful, always grateful and thankful to the Lord. You will become patient and kind and loving. In other words, you will begin to imitate God as a child of God. And the Word says, whatever you do, It will prosper. Powerful promise from God. And I believe the more we meditate in the Word of God, the more we learn how God thinks. This is the secret of a life of intimacy with Christ. You see, a spiritual mind enables the believer to tap into the thoughts of God, the ways of God, It enables the believer to tap into the glorious riches of Christ and not only sustain himself, but sustain those that are around him and begin to bring about change into his environment. The strength of a spiritual mind is in its unshakable trust in the Lord. No matter what goes on, the spiritual mind is steadfast, looking unto the Lord, trusting the Lord, believing the words of God, and refusing anything that is contrary to the words of truth. The renewed mind or the spiritual mind is not influenced by external pressure or external circumstances. I believe the greatest need of the church is to obtain and maintain a spiritual mind. For the life of the spirit is in the spiritual mind. The Bible says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But to be carnally minded is death. Are you listening to me? You know, I asked the Lord... Just a few hours ago, Lord, how can one walk in the Spirit? The Bible says, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. How do we walk in the Spirit? And the Spirit answered immediately by a renewed mind, by a spiritual mind. When you have a spiritual mind, you will be able to walk in the things of the Spirit. You will be able to walk in the Spirit. That is the product of a spiritual mind amen? It's easy to walk in the spirit when you have a spiritual mind. You know where the mind goes, the man goes. What you spend your time thinking on and meditating on, that's exactly what you will end up doing. Are you out there? That's why we need to protect our eye gates and our ear gates. We need to watch what comes into these gates. What do you believe? We have a choice. Amen? So the spiritual mind is is unshakable in its trust in the Lord. It is not influenced by man's opinions or ideas, and it is not threatened by fear or manipulated in any form or, or, or way. And that is a great price to obtain a spiritual mind. Our faith Listen to me carefully, please. If you want to raise the level of your faith, you've got to work on your thought life. Our faith will never rise above the level of our thinking or our thoughts. If we want to raise the level of our faith, we must first raise the level of our thinking. We must come up higher and begin to think the thoughts of God. Most of the problems, I believe, and difficulties we face today as believers is the result of our limited and unrenewed thinking. We have not learned to think like God thinks. We think lack, we think sickness, we think defeat, we think fear, we tolerate thoughts that do not come from God, that have nothing to do with the born-again believer. And and, uh, we have not learned to embrace the thoughts of God, and we have not learned to speak the way God speaks. The Word of God says that God in Christ has set us free, and I trust you believe that. He removed all limitations, He removed every restriction and the bondage from our lives by giving us a new life, and that is the life of Christ. The life of Christ is a resurrected life. It is a life that is being raised from the dead, one that has defeated death and all of its limitations. Listen to what God says. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because the life of Christ is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You see, from God's point of view, there are no limits on us. God did not place any limits on the believer. That's why he says all things are possible to them that believe. Not just some things, all things. What does that tell you? That tells me that He has removed all limitations. I can do whatever God says I can do. I can be who God says I can be. Amen? We have limited ourselves primarily by our wrong thinking and wrong believing. We believe things that are not the truth, but a lie. What defeats us in life, I believe, is our defeated way of thinking. Instead of thinking like sons and daughters of God, many times we continue to think like slaves. Hello, are you still out there? Praise God. Many have been born again. But few have developed, and few have grown in the Lord. Many have been born again, but only few have received the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I don't believe that we can develop a life of intimacy with the Lord if we continue to think like the unbelieving world thinks and continue to speak like the unbelieving world speaks. The carnal way of thinking leads to death, my brother, my sister. But the spiritual mind leads to life and peace. Listen to what the Spirit said through the Apostle Paul. Romans chapter 8, verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Ephesians 4, Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on the new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. The way we get rid of the old nature and embrace our new nature, which is created to be like God, is through the renewal of our thoughts and attitudes. It is through the renewal of our thoughts and attitudes. We start to think differently. We start to speak like the children of God. Amen? This is the secret of the believer who has overcome the world and all of its challenges. He has the mind of Christ full of light and full of truth. Notice how the scripture says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Please notice, Christ's way of thinking does not force itself upon us. Christ gives us the freedom of choice. We choose to receive the mind of Christ. We choose to walk in love. We choose to walk in forgiveness. We choose to walk in long-suffering. We choose to be joyful under any circumstances. It's a matter of choice, not of feeling. Amen? We choose to receive the thoughts of Christ. We let Christ's way of thinking become part of our thoughts and attitudes. I believe that every believer should get up in the morning making right choices right from the start of the day. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose to walk in love today, regardless whether anybody else does or not. I choose to walk in forgiveness today, regardless of what is done to me or said about me. I choose to forgive. I choose to honor my spouse. I choose to honor those whom honor is due. I choose to be generous. I choose to be kind. I choose to be gentle. As you speak those words, you are preparing the landmarks of your day because you've already made the choice and every time the enemy will tempt you to go to the left or to the right you will remember the words that you spoke out loud in your prayer that you choose to walk in love and forgiveness amen <clears throat> the Holy Spirit enables us to know and understand the way Christ thinks and acts Through the help and power of the Spirit, we are able to think and act the same way. The Apostle John said something profound. He said, As He is, that is Christ, so are we in this world. He didn't say, As He is, so we shall be. He says, As Christ is, So are we in this world. What a powerful statement. Are you able to believe that? I do. If the Word of God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Furthermore, we are commanded in Scripture, listen carefully now, to imitate God as His dear children. Children of the devil imitate their devil, their father. They do, don't they? They act like the devil. You don't blame a sinner for acting like his father. It's in his nature. They lie. They steal. They practice all kinds of evil because it's in their nature. Their father, the devil, is like that. I don't blame sinners for acting a sinful way. But believers in Christ ought to act like the Father does. Children of God should imitate the Heavenly Father and act like God in all manner of conversation. Children of God ought to be forgiving. They ought to be loving and generous and kind and patient and faithful and gentle. Because our Father's nature is like that. And we received His life, His nature in our spirits. We must just tell our soul and our body to wake up to that fact. And that's what a renewed mind does. Paul, writing to the believers in Ephesus, he said, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. If we couldn't imitate God, then Paul called believers a lie and something they couldn't do. But we can imitate God because we have been given, listen carefully, you have been given the resurrected life of Christ. Christ now lives in us us the hope of glory. The Bible says that this is the mystery that's been hidden in ages past, in generations, but now it has been revealed to the New Testament believer. This is the mystery that's been revealed to us in this dispensation. What is the mystery? Christ lives in us, who is our hope glory and that's what Colossians says Colossians chapter 1 you can read it from your own Bible verse 26 the message was kept secret for centuries and generations past but now it has been revealed to God's people for God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too and this is the secret What's the secret that's been hidden for ages? Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing in His glory. What a secret. What a mystery. The Christ of God, the resurrected life of Christ, the life that's defeated death, And all of its implications, the life that's defeated sin and sickness and disease and the curse of the law and fear (coughs) and all of those destructive elements lives in me. That kind of life lives in you. That's why the word says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Not going to, but you are already an overcomer. Remember, I want you to get that, Christ lives in you. I want you to say that out loud, Christ lives in me. The life of Christ is within me. You mean to tell me that Christ is alive in me? When I wake up in the morning and I don't feel that well and, and I'm still drowsy, <coughs> And there's a pain in my back, and you mean to tell me that Christ lives? In- yes, yes, He lives in you. All you need to do is awaken with your words, with your praise, with your thanksgiving. And this is exactly what the scripture says. I'm not telling you this, the Bible tells you that Christ lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even the youngest, even the most failing and vulnerable believer has the life of Christ living within. If we could only wake up to that fact, to that truth, to that very revelation, we will be a different breed of people, people of supernatural abilities, living on a supernatural level. Paul, writing once again to the Corinthians, he repeats the same truth, but in other words. Listen to what he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through to 9. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. What is this treasure that Paul is talking about? We have this treasure in aethered vessels. In other words, in vessels of flesh and blood. He's talking about Christ in you. The life of Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. That is why, even though we might be pressed hard on every side, we are not crushed. Why? Because no one and nothing can crush the life of Christ in us. That is why we might be perplexed at times, but never in despair. Persecuted, but never forsaken struck down, but never, ever destroyed. And that is why I say we should be waking up every morning, saying to ourselves out loud, Hey, Christ is alive in me. He lives in me, and I live in Him. My life is hidden with Christ in God, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There are no limitations on my faith, no restrictions in what I can do and what I can be. I can be all that God wants me to be, and I can imitate God and walk in love as He does because I am born of God, and God is love. Amen. Let's conclude our study with prayer. Father, we thank you so much For the mystery that's been revealed in our generation to the New Testament believer, the mystery that was hidden in ages and generations past, that Christ lives within us, the resurrected life of Christ that knows no death, no limitation, that knows no recession, lives within me and within the believers. Father, we are so grateful and thank you. Teach us how to tap into that life, the life that has overcome the world and all of its challenges. Teach us how to throw roots deep into the life of Christ so that we may express this life every day in our words, in our thoughts, and in our actions. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.